Hello, ladies, and welcome to the Amazing Bible Book Club. I am Julie Callio, your host, and thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to tune in with me today. If by chance you want to contact me, you can do that at theab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Today we are looking at the second minor prophet, Joel. The first minor prophet was Hosea, who married the harlot, as a reminder that Israel was unfaithful to the Lord. Joel starts with a plague of locusts, so many times locusts is the symbol of Joel. Dr. Bett said the key words are the day of the Lord, and the devastation of the locusts is the precursor to that day of the Lord. Very little is given about Joel. Verse 1 says, The word of the Lord that came to Joel, the son of Pethuel. That's it. He's not mentioned in other Old Testament books. So from there, we have to get our detective hats on and try to figure out the who, what, when, where, and why of the book from its context. This is when we take clues from the scripture and try and understand. Joel is a prophet of the Lord because he received a word from the Lord. And we know he's not a priest because he sets himself apart from them when he gives them directions in chapter 1 verse 13 and chapter 2 verse 17. He says, Gird your loins with sackcloth and lament, O priest, wail, O ministers of the altar. Then in chapter 2 verse 17a he says, Let the priests, the Lord's ministers, weep between the porch and the altar, and let them say, Spare your people, O Lord. We know nothing about Joel's father other than his name was Pethuel. It is also pretty clear that he lived in Judah and that he preached to the people at Judah and Jerusalem because he mentioned Zion, the mountain of Jerusalem, four times, and Judah and Jerusalem, nine times. The question arises with the when. There is great debate on this topic. Some think it's early pre-exilic, meaning before Israel was taken by Assyria. Some think later pre-exilic, after Israel was defeated by Assyria, but before Jerusalem was taken over by the Babylonians. Some believe post-exilic, before Ezra and Nehemiah came and rebuilt the temple and the walls, and some think late post-exilic, during or after Ezra and Nehemiah. Some of the clues they use to come to their conclusions are things like there is no mention of Assyria and Babylon in the book, yet Edom and Egypt are mentioned. And then also the Greeks are mentioned in chapter 3 verse 6. This is what makes me think it may actually be later. Also, there is no mention of kings, just elders and priests. Yet the temple, the house of the Lord, and the altar are mentioned. John Calvin said, as there is no certainty, it is better to leave the time in which he taught undecided, and as we shall see, this is of no great importance, for the import of his doctrine is evident, though his time may be obscure and uncertain. So let's recap. Who? Joel the prophet of the Lord. What? Proclaiming the day of the Lord is coming. When? We don't know. 
Where? To the land of Jerusalem, Judah, on Mount Zion. Why? To call the Lord's people to turn back to him. Let me also add the how. Joel calls the people to fast and to a solemn assembly. Chapter 1, verse 14, chapter 2, verse 15. The first half of the book tells of the plagues of locusts and then calls the people to turn to the Lord. Chapter 1 talks of the devastation that the locusts brought. Let me also say that there are various views about the locusts. Some believe it is a historical, literal method. In other words, there really were locusts that came and destroyed the land of Judah. The second is allegorical. That is that it wasn't really locusts, but it represented an invading army. The third view is apocalyptic, which shows just a future destruction. Because of a phrase like, has anything like this happened in your day? In verse 2 of chapter 1, I do not hold to the apocalyptic view. The morning of Joel seems to be for an actual event that happened. The argument against the allegorical method is that the locusts are compared to armies and soldiers in chapter 2. So why would it then be an army? With that in mind, I lean more toward a historical literal method. Plus, I hold the view that in interpreting scripture, they first apply to the people and the time of the story. Then there may be in the future some verses that are fulfilled later. We know that is true in Joel because the New Testament tells us so. This book is written in Hebrew poetry. Verses 2 through 17 of chapter 1 are a lament of the devastation which the locusts brought. Verse 12 says, The vine dries up and the fig tree fails, the pomegranate, the palm also, and the apple tree. All the trees of the field dry up. Indeed, rejoicing dries up from the sons of men. Starting with verse 13 begins the calling of the people, starting with the priest and the ministers of the Lord, to come, put on sackcloth, lament, wail, consecrate a fast. In other words, call all the people to fast. Proclaim a solemn assembly and call all people to the house of the Lord your God. Chapter 2 continues. Blow a trumpet in Zion. Sound an alarm on the holy mountain. For the day of the Lord is coming. Dr. Bet said one of the key verses is verse 11 of chapter 2. The Lord uttered his voice before his army. Surely his camp is very great. For strong is he who carries out his word. The day of the Lord is indeed great and very awesome. And who can endure it? Then in verse 12 comes the word, yet. Verses 12 through 14 read, yet, even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart and with fasting, weeping and mourning and rend your heart, not your garments. Now return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness, and relenting of evil. Who knows whether he will not turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, even a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. 
Verse 15 continues, Blow a trumpet in Zion, consecrate a fast, proclaim a solemn assembly. Verse 18 shows a transition. Then, then the Lord will be zealous for his land and will have pity on his people. Verses 18 through 32 show the response of the Lord when his people have repented. Verse 25 says, Then I will make up to you for the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the creeping locust, the stripping locust, and the gnawing locust, my great army which I sent among you. Then verse 27 says, Thus you will know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I am the Lord your God, and there is no other, and my people will never be put to shame. Then we see some major key verses in Joel chapter 2, verses 28 through 32. It will come about afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit, and I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered for in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance as the Lord said and in the remnant whom the Lord will call. The Apostle Peter preached this passage at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came down upon all of them, including the women. Acts chapter 1 verse 14. Peter starts his sermon by saying in Acts chapter 2 verse 16. But this is what was spoken of through the prophet Joel. Peter continued his message by saying that it was Jesus whom they crucified that God raised back to life and has ascended and now the Lord has sent the Holy Spirit. It was this Jesus that God has made both Lord and Christ. Many people repented of their sin and received the gift of the Holy Spirit on that day. The Apostle Paul also quotes the last verse in Romans 10 verse 13. For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So we see that part of Joel was fulfilled after Jesus was raised up into heaven. And yet, the final day of the Lord has not been completed yet. Chapter 3 tells that once Judah is restored, and then as with the other prophets, the Lord will judge the nations because of their treatment of Judah. It says in verse 2 that the Lord will gather all the nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat, and there he will enter into judgment upon them. Now we don't know exactly where that is. We know that Jehoshaphat was a king of Judah in 873-848 BC while the northern tribes were still around. His story is found in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and in 1 Kings chapter 22 verses 41 through 50. What may be more relevant is his name means the Lord judges. Verse 13 commands to put in the sickle 
For the harvest is ripe because the winepress is full. In Revelation chapter 14, verses 14 through 19, it describes the reapers of the harvest with their sickles. This helps verify that Joel's prophecies have not all been fulfilled yet. This valley is also called the Valley of Decision in verse 14 of chapter 3 of Joel. It reads, Multitudes, multitudes in the Valley of Decision, for the day of the Lord is near in the Valley of Decision. Verse 17 says, Then you will know that I am the Lord your God, dwelling in Zion, my holy mountain. So Jerusalem will be holy and strangers will pass through it no more. Verses 18 through 21 tell us that there will be a day when Judah shall be restored. The enemies of God will be avenged and Judah will be inhabited forever for all generations because the Lord dwells in Zion. That makes me think of the end of Ezekiel where the city will be called the Lord is there. Jesus said to his disciples during the last supper, I go and prepare a place for you and I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am you may be also. The day of the Lord is coming. To those who believe it will be wonderful and to those who do not it will be dreadful. We are in the valley of decision. So what do you choose? If you hear his voice today, don't harden your hearts. Instead, let's be women who hear, believe, and obey. Let the Holy Spirit guide you into all truth. Until next time, and thank you so much for listening.